0: Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. welcome to the spa retailer podcast today on the podcast i have joe king he is the ceo and chairman of king technology but before that he is the youngest of five children four boys and one girl whose father built swimming pools in minnesota and then joe was excited to embark upon his own career his dad asked him to join the business which this is a story i think a lot of us can relate to joe said he'd give it a year and 10 years later he bought the business So good. Uh, and, yeah, and so I think everyone in the industry is very familiar with the new product that he came up with after that with the frog um it's something we've all seen and used in the industry, but Joe's come over all kinds of obstacles. The company employs nearly seventy five people and they just moved to a new office building in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and they're planning on putting out some new products in the coming years. Very excited to have you on the podcast, Joe. Thank you for joining us. And I can't believe that I don't think I have ever interviewed you before, which just blows my mind. And so I'm really glad to have you on.
1: Me too, Megan. It's a thrill and I know your name and I know your reputation, which is fantastic. And it's a real honor and privilege to, to come to know you and to spend time with you today. So thank you for this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So I, uh, We've written about you in the magazine before. It's one of those weird circumstances where I feel like I know a lot about you, even though we've never spoken. Yeah, I
1: get I understand.
0: But for the people in the industry or the audience who have not heard your story, could you just give us a little bit? And we touched on it a little bit in that intro, but a little bit of your personal background, where you grew up, and how you ended up in the pool and spa industry?
1: I grew up in Hopkins. Our office has been in Hopkins. So we basically had this business for about 45 years in the general area. And so we've only moved maybe two or three miles from where we are today throughout those years. I was born there, raised there. My dad was building swimming pools when I was born. Our last swimming pool that he built was our own at our home. And I was, I think, six years old. Most of the pools that he built were commercial as in Olympic size and yeah. residential for the, we call the rich and famous back then. Cause that's pretty much the only people that could afford a pool. Back in the 50s and 60s.
0: It's interesting that your dad's the last pool that he built was yours. Why, why was that? Why was why did he stop building swimming pools?
1: Interesting. One of the pools that he built was for the general manager of Toro. And he called, huh? his name was Bob Gibson. He called my dad on a Sunday and said, Lloyd, I know it's Sunday, but bring your wife over. We'll have a lemonade. I've got a problem with my pool. Would you please come over? And he did. And when he arrived, I said to my mother, you come with me, Annie, we're going to go have a lemonade. Lloyd, you go look at the pool, figure out what's wrong and meet us back over here on the patio. What was going on is that he was pre-selling my mother on that. He shouldn't be traveling while we're raising five kids. He's been in Iowa, the Dakotas, Wisconsin, et cetera. And he's gone for months at a time. Yeah. And she really resonated with that. And she said, well, what would he do? And he said, I just bought a company called Moistomatic and we're going to make it into Toro Irrigation. So my dad then came over and said, I can't figure out what's wrong with your pool. And Bob says, there's nothing wrong with my pool. Come on over here, sit down. We've got a lemonade. Your wife and I have something to talk to you about. That's amazing. The next day he was installing a sprinkler system for Bob. And that was, he became the first Toro installer in the world, wow!
0: Does that still exist? The date? Does Toro still have an irrigation site? It's
1: yeah. It's actually one of their biggest divisions.
0: Interesting. They're in,
1: they're in commercial, as in golf courses. Okay. Uh, everything residential. Yeah, they're one of the largest in the world.
0: Oh well, that shows you how much I know about sprinkler systems.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's how my dad stopped building swimming pools at that point, and then. He had another company called Complement Distributing, which was chemicals and filtration and things like that for all the pools that he built. This is pre-distribution. Like there were no pool yeah. corps of the world. Independents weren't even in in the world, really. It was very uh, fractured Yeah, channels.
0: But eventually he found his way back fully into the pool and spa space then, correct?
1: We actually ran both businesses. He invented some products. So he became an inventor while he was in the irrigation, and he came out with what became the number one automatic drain. It's called the King Drain, and we also had what was called the King Feeder, and that's what I launched back in 1979. So he had built a swimming pool for Holiday Inn Airport, and they put in, or he built it for him, a jacuzzi. So it'd be one of what we would call one of the first hot tubs. Sure. He was distributing bromine, and the company at that time, I think, was called Acrobrome Tesco, and he contacted them and said, I need a chemical feeder for the bromine for this size tub, and they said, we don't have one. So he got thinking about it, and he invented it, and I have the prototype that he built right here on my desk. It's just a great reminder. This is how I started the business. And he came to me, I was just graduating from the University of Minnesota, Carlson School of Business, marketing and and business, just general business management. And I really didn't want to join the company because I wanted to go out and learn, get experience Mm -hmm. and then come into the family business. Yeah. He talked me into it. I should say my mother talked me into it. You know, that Bob Gibson story, she did the same thing to me. And what happened was is that they had taken out a second mortgage on their house, in Hopkins here. Okay. And they're sixty years old. So think about it; they're going to start a second mortgage mortgage
0: at sixty years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's a gut check. Yep.
1: Yeah. My dad was very courageous, and uh, I got a lot of that courage from my folks.
0: I love that you you know, you talk about him becoming an inventor because, just the other day, someone was talking about. That seems to be one of those things that people only do in the movies, right? Where they like are tinkering in their garage and invent something and then build this crazy famous company or whatever off of it. But I think in our industry and in a lot of industries, there are those guys who they created this thing. They made it. They figured it out. They saw a problem and they fixed it. And here we are 20 years later at the place that we are as an industry because of this thing that they decided to make.
1: Right. And the same thing happened to me. And I didn't realize what was happening. If you go back and so he's, he's built these swimming pools. Another pool that he built was for the Ritter family of Knight Ritter, the newspaper chain that was a conglomerate back then back in the day. Yeah. So I was a pool service guy. I inherited that from my brothers. So each brother would take care of the pool. I did that. And we had the pool on bromine, And I learned how much I hated the chemicals and breathing it in and on my hands and in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happened at 16. I have, think of this, I invented really in my mind, what would become the base of our company, which is what we call the cartridges for the delivery systems or the razors and blades of the business model. I had no idea that was happening. And my dad was the inventor, but then I learned after he retired, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? 10 years later, I started listening to the customer and I then came with that exact product. So I was probably 30, 31 or 32, but I really invented the concept back when I was 16. And then I brought it to market.
0: It's also crazy to think that in that amount of time that no one else was like, oh yeah, this is something that this industry needs. (laughs) And it just kind of remained in your brain for that time.
1: There's another interesting thing that was going on at that time. So a little later on where frog came from was my wife and I took our two sons out to the black Hills. And while we were driving out there, we were stopping at comfort Inns and the likes while we're doing that, we'd stop naturally, and the kids would want to swim. So we'd check in. One of us would take the kids to the pool. I'd bring the bags to the room. I came down and my wife said, Carson is just crying over here. What's going on? And she said, I think his eczema is really flared up because of the high chlorine level in the pool. Wow. Was that a big deal? Mm -hmm. That moment. Mm -hmm. Here you are, those of us that are parents, None of us want our kids to be in pain like that. So the next day we're back on the road. And my wife says to me, as we're on highway 80 going West, she says, isn't there something you can do about this? You're in the pool business. Why can't we come up with something? Yeah. And that was really the impetus to developing the frog brand because it was based on mineral technology. And I've always thought about the more we can lower the level of chlorine the better off it will be on our skin and the health Mm -hmm. who's to know here we are years later what a big deal that is for all of us we're all health conscious it's one of those i call it those godly things like a bad situation turns Mm -hmm. into something good and so carson and his using our swimming pool our hot tub was really like a barometer of good, wow, this is really good because he didn't flare up. So in the first round of the mineral technology, we got chlorine and bromine levels down to 50% of what anybody else was using on the market. And the most recent technology, the smart chlor technology for hot tubs, which is chlorine based is 75% less. So we're only using 25% of what the rest of the market's doing and it's a automatic delivery system versus everybody having to do it by hand.
0: Yeah, I can understand how you got into that situation and said, oh man, this is something that needs to be fixed for my family and for all the families out there. But I'm curious, how do you go from, this is a problem to here's the solution because you're not a chemist. Not a how chemist you, or an engineer. Yeah, how did you figure this out or how did you find the right people to solve this to solve this problem?
1: There were two chemists involved. So I reached out through one of our friends. One of my first employees was uh, Scott Bittner, and he's an industry legacy. You probably know Scott. Of course. Everybody does. Yeah. One of the best men we know and great sales guy in the industry. Recently retired. So Scott knew somebody that he worked with as a chemist. And we flew him in, and literally in a weekend, because he had a full time job, we flew him in. We spent the weekend and we looked at this and we came up with a way to do it Wow! and wow. we tested it naturally. And then that one thing led to another. It was a huge mountain to climb, Yeah. but I was committed and that's pretty much my nature. My, as I told you before, my parents had courage. I have courage and we've, we fought all the way through it, including getting EPA approval, 1500 page. But documents, literally 1,500 pages we had to create. So it was through that engineer, chemist. And then we hired a retired chemist from Ecolab. And he's since passed. But his name was Bob Edelson. What a wonderful man. So we just hit it off. One of our core values is good chemistry. And that's when things just really go. You really have a great relationship with somebody. We're both godly men. We love, love the Lord. We prayed about the solution and we literally came with solution after solution and developed it. So that was how it happened. Yeah. And I worked with a different set of engineers to develop what we call the delivery system. And then we had the chemistry and we have multiple formulas. I think we have three formulas at with EPA where the, since Bacquasil, which was the last, what we'll call big company sanitizer, EPA approved product, we've had the last three.
0: That's a, a piece that I want to skip over because I think that people, unless you've been through that process, don't understand what a big deal it is, number one, or how much time, effort, and money it can take to become, to get that AP, EPA approval. But it's something that I wish we saw more of in our industry, just because it it does give that kind of that stamp of approval. And also that things have been independently looked at as opposed to just someone writing on the backs of someone else's technology or saying, yeah, I think this works okay.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it was a very difficult undertaking. And as I mentioned, that 1500 pages, that was just one Registration. Frankly, I frankly I don't keep track of it, but I know that we've spent seven to ten million dollars in just preparing for EPA registrations. Yeah. And one one in particular, which is probably one of our latest smart I think it took us seven years. So if you think about the millions of dollars and mm-hmm. the time, it's called opportunity costs. What if we don't get through the registration. We were dedicated and committed. And by, mm-hmm. by golly, it was the best results, as in this product is superior. I tell people oftentimes that we're just co-inventors. And they say, what do you mean, co-inventors? I said, co-inventors with the Lord, because I'm not a chemist. I'm not mm-hmm. an engineer, but I have over, a, I think it's north of 80 to 100 patents my name is on where did that come from? I <laughs> can't even tell you, but I'm a great listener and I'm I'm dedicated to the Lord. I'm in the word every day. And that really is my, my driving force. And he has just brought so many ideas to us. And now we have a full team, chemists, PhDs doing the same thing. And they're all godly men.
0: Yeah. You know, what's really cool is that I think it's hard sometimes to see your business as what God has called you to. I think you sometimes think that God calls you to the ministry or to do, to work in charities or to do nonprofit, like those kinds of things. And I think sometimes we don't see the mission field right in front of us, which is our own businesses and our own jobs and our own careers as the place where we've been called to serve. It's encouraging to hear you say that because I think sometimes in my mind, I I lose sight of that too, where it's, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what God has called me to do. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of helps you in the midst of those challenges and those times where you don't know if you're making the right choice that you are in the right place and you're there for more than just to make money. It's like, there's actually a a higher calling or or a bigger purpose to this company. I think that's hard to see when it's not specifically a, you know, ministry based venture.
1: My wife and I are so committed to this and she's been just, her name's Mary. She's really supported me over all the years. She's Mm -hmm. never worked in the business, but I tell people that she's really an integral part of who this business is. And because it's about character, it's about mission. She's encouraged me. Honestly, I think there were about three times that we almost went bankrupt. Mm. She's encouraging me to get up. And get out of bed, so to speak, literally, yeah, yeah. and go face the dragons. And they were tough. We've had some incredibly tough competitors that tried to put us under you mm-hmm. know, early in our, in our years. And uh, we never gave up. So I always say that it's the, you're really fighting the Lord here because the Lord is present in our business. We turn to him every day for wisdom and discernment. But then we're leading. And so to your point, Megan, we absolutely see this as a ministry, Mm -hmm. a ministry of how to live our lives. And I call this a rich life. What do I mean by rich? It's, it's the way life should be. I think it's the way we were originally taught how to run a business. It's run with integrity, rule by the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Sparkle with excellence. Okay, let's just do it amazing, not good, not great, amazing. And then let's be servant leaders. This whole time, we can be serving each other at work as we go out and serve others. This just happened in the last couple of days. One of our employees had something bad happen to them with their car, Hmm. it was a costly situation. She's new with the company, only been with us a, a year, her name's Helena, and Brian Wall in marketing comes up with this idea on his own. He's going to do a fund me, and he's going to raise some money to help her get out of this situation. Unbeknownst to un, any of us, she's mm-hmm. had a rough year prior to coming to King, et cetera. And she just wrote an email today thanking everyone they came in. You can see how much has been raised. People continued to give money past what she needed. She's welled up in tears. This happened this morning. I yeah. haven't seen her or Brian yet. But you know what this is about is character. It's about living our values. It's about being the right kind. A godly person would do this. And guess what? We have a whole team of people like that. So that's what we call in our vision statement is to enrich lives daily. So as we are men and women that come together to serve each other, that's what just happened. Mm-hmm. Serving each other. How do you get to work if you don't have a car? Yeah. If you're broken, if you're discouraged, all of that. And the team here stepped up. I didn't do a thing. I could have written a check and it could have been done, right? Sometimes you have to step back and allow others to do something and then look at the heartfelt stuff that's occurring here. Yeah. So we come together to serve each other so we can go out and enrich others' lives. That's what we do every day. That is our vision. It's our purpose. It's our why.
0: Yeah. And it's, I think when you find the companies who have that really clear vision and their commitment to each other and to a higher calling. It's really interesting to see how that manifests itself inside and outside the building. Like you just said, that's such a great example of something that happened recently where you get to see that lived out.
1: It's honestly, nothing else could happen this year. And that would be it. I am (laughs) like, that is the coolest thing. Yeah. Uh, We have these spouses that can't, we just had a what we call a dedication and open house. It was just less than two weeks ago here at the company, at the new building. We dedicated the business to the Lord and the building. We did that at our other building six years ago and you would not believe what the Lord has done. Like it's unbelievable. We moved from a 25,000 square foot building into this building and it really has about 118,000 feet. And we are just committed to him. Now, my wife and I are 66. And you might say, what in the world are you guys doing? This isn't (laughs) about Mary and Joe. This is about what we're going to do, which is provide jobs. There's a core group here that helped us build this. This isn't a Joe and Mary thing. This is a core. Everybody participated to get this. And we did it by living out our values. Committed to it, each and every one of us. And I'll bet there's close to a dozen people that go all the way back. Laura Larson's been with us 39 years. She was one of the first hires. And we built this company. And now it's about our people back to this richness, living Mm -hmm. for others. And then this camaraderie, people coming together to serve and to learn, and to process, and to innovate. We're not innovating just in products or chemistry. We're doing it within the business, how it runs, its processes, doing things differently. I've always said, we want to do things differently, and we do, and then I read a book, it was called Speed of Unity, powerful book. And it's about how once you get, you cast a vision, So our vision isn't, we want to be the best in the water care business. We just want to be the best for the Lord. We want to do his will. And then what does he have us doing? It's like a flywheel. Once you have agreement, so you cast a vision, that's our vision. And then people come around it and they agree upon it. Now that doesn't happen on the first day. There's discussion. What do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? So then, but then the flywheel begins to spin the speed of unity. And then people are attracted to what your purpose is and they want to be there. And when God gets involved, he actually sends people before you need them. And we literally have people that have knocked on the door and said, I don't know why I'm here. Wondering if you can network with me to help me find a job. And that person I'm referring to is director of IT today.
0: That's so cool. There's a lot of discussion right now about quiet quitting. And there's been this big shift in the job market and what people are looking for in a profession and out of their careers. But I think you hit on it. I think that's what everybody is really looking for is they want to come to work and feel like they're part of something and not just punching a clock. And you can be part of something no matter what your job is. It doesn't really matter what you show up and do every day. It really matters how you show up and feel about what you're doing. I think that's the thing that we're seeing now. It's not so much about, oh, I want to work from home or, oh, I want to do this. I think it's really people have reevaluated what's important in their life. And they said, I, I want to go to work and feel like I have a real purpose there. So I think that's, it's interesting how it Looks different for each person in each company, but you're right. once you have that and you have that vision and you have the buy-in from your team, yeah, that kind of shines through above all else, and people want to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, and this uh, Mike Rands was just referring to our director of IT. He uh, he's just exemplifies that as well. And it's about this purpose. I love leading great people, and we have terrific people. We're attracting terrific people, but it's really what we're saying is is that not just the people that work here, but the spouses, they actually are a part of that Mm -hmm. by encouraging their their spouse to come to work, reminding them of what's going on here, seeing what we're doing. Some people talk about, thank God it's Friday, TGIF, right? I'd like to say, thank God it's Monday (laughs) because everything that we learn at church and the things that we read in his word, we get to go practice it. And that example I've told you, that's just one of many, many examples. So it's, it's very rewarding. We also have two sons that have come into the business. I know, you know, Alex, our other son's name is Carson. What I explained to our team is, they're going to come into this business, but not in the way that society thinks. Society would say, oh, big bank accounts, big cars, big buildings, and a big future, and they're going to just be handed this. We had a governance that said that they had to go out and work five to seven years elsewhere, had to have two Two different experiences, different companies, and had to be promoted. Oh, really?
0: Interesting. Character
1: building and self-confidence. Breaking off some of those rough edges, right? Yeah. you have to rise up.
0: I've heard people say that they wanted their kids to have that experience or to experience these things and do different things before they came into the family business. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that that was part of their governance, that they said this is what has to happen and had it outlined to that degree. That's really interesting.
1: It's, it was, it was clearly communicated to them. And then we said, we don't want you to come into the business on a have to, it's more about, do you want to? Yeah. And if you have experience elsewhere, you're going to have an idea whether this is really what you want to do, because once you join King technology, more than likely You're committed. Like you're going to do this the rest of your life because we really, this isn't a job. This is about stewardship. So I explained to the team, and you know what? I've been, Megan, I've been talking about this since they were probably five years old. (laughs) I really had this vision and future outlook. And not that I didn't waver on it or think differently. There were very, there were some tough times out there. I wish I could just sell be done, walk on the beach. And I won't lie to you. That definitely happened in my mind, but I was committed to this, my wife's supporting, and we, we encourage them to come in as stewards. Huge difference. You're not Mm -hmm. a business owner. You're a steward. What does that mean? That means that wherever you take over, that's going to be. So Mary's and my ceiling will become their floor. If you're a steward, you have to improve on it. That's to build it and do something better and greater. So that's been the perspective. It then evolved. And I, the more I thought about it, and I talked with my peers, as well as my life coach and others, I said, this stewardship is really for every employee here. It's not just because your last name is King. So it's evolved. And over the last six years, it's very clear. What we've shared with everybody is you're a steward of the job responsibilities that you have today. Make it better, make yourself better. Personally, you wanna be better. Professionally, you wanna be better. And then create a career path for yourself so that you can rise up, you can do more for your family, you can fulfill your dreams, your family's dreams, and you don't have to go anywhere else. You can just build on that. And that's what—that's the nucleus of what we have here. And people are coming to realize we really mean what we say. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> yes. Oh, it, it's so empowering. And that's what we want. I can only do so much. And our sons can only do so much. But the fact that they, our sons are in this business, allows every person... To see their career to the end. We have several that are will be coming up for retirement. If I had sold the business five, 10 years ago, they would be working for one of our competitors and probably not happy about it. Cause oftentimes that we that's what you do. You sell to somebody that would be able to leverage 100%. the technology. Yeah. That was the gift to them. They know that. They know what this is Taken hard, is hard work, big commitments and for thinking far into the future and then our sons this back to the stewardship <clears throat> and everyone being a steward here we're creating an opportunity for our grandchildren now whether it takes one or all six they all will have the same opportunity they'll go through the same governance and they're in training right now what do you What are, they're in training
0: i'm say yeah because. I've seen pictures of Alex's children and they're quiet and they're young.
1: <laughs> yeah. The oldest is six, six and a half. There you go. <laughs> all the way down to about six or seven months. Okay. But they're all in training. And what I mean by that is we have an agreed upon value system in our family. We have a separate value system. Not that they're that much different, but that's what the moms and dads are creating at home so that they'll be prepared to, should they choose to come into the business. All of that to be said, that they will then teach their children. So this is not just our kids and their kids. This is legacy. This is to go on and on. Perpetuity yeah. is the best word.
0: Yeah. And you brought up earlier that you guys have moved into your new, you've moved into new building. Are you in the new building right now? Or are you still at the old place? Are you physically I am. there?
1: Yeah, we just... We closed down and uh, sold our biz- the other building. Um, and that I think is about, I think we're week five here. Okay. So it's still fresh and new and I'm, yeah. I'm still getting lost in the building. And I'm not kidding. It's kind of <laughs> one of those deals. It's like, and then how do you find somebody? I actually have to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, what floor are you on? And where are you? I'm on something. my way yeah where's that where's that conference room
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's an adjustment for everybody
1: it is and it's a wonderful thing it's very the the, one of the things about this building is that it has windows where every employee will have a view of nature the bright light and we didn't have that at the other building yeah we do now yeah
0: what a gift to give your employees because i have worked in an office with no windows before and it was not my favorite it was actually very very difficult
1: <laughs> yeah and seriously one of our one of our people terry goman 32 years i we used to laugh but not and that would be every time we did an org change and moved people's offices i would i remember i'd have to go to terry and say you are so important to us and you're such a rock to this company and he looks at me like do i get the window <laughs> And I'd say, no, no, we, you don't. And we never were able to get him one in 32 years. He never had a, Oh man! so when we moved in here and I just told he and his wife, Lori, this, I said, you know what? This is the one thing that I made me feel so good. And one of the reasons why I chose with the team to acquire this building, we wanted something for all of us. And in particular, Terry, this is for you.
0: <laughs> you get this your window now.
1: <laughs> you. Yeah, and he's got it big yeah, and bright.
0: That's great. So we wrote an article about your new building. So I feel like I've got a little bit of the, a little bit of the backstory. But how did all of the craziness of COVID? How did that change your plans, or maybe accelerate your plans to move into a larger space?
1: It was a little bit of each. So here we have this building that would hold. Up to 50 people without making any extra moves and so forth. We ultimately ended up adding workstations in the lunchroom, in Mm. the hallways, in the warehouse. We had it everywhere. Yeah. And we were in the 60s before we moved in. We almost set, I think we're just under 75 people, maybe 75. Uh, I know someone just started or was hired last week. So, It was very challenging and we had the, we're going to, we have this wonderful culture, which is collaborative, bring everybody together. I go back to the society is telling us, oh, we all need to work from home and then we need to work three days of the week and then two weeks, two days from three days a week at the office, two at home etc and then so those are all dynamics right mm-hmm. challenging we're all not mm-hmm. sure whether that's going to stick is it not do we need a bigger building do we not yeah what we decided was as we ebbed and flowed through it we were one of the i think we we didn't survive we thrived through it right and that was due to leadership and we did the appropriate spacing we we did the appropriate so many people work from Home. We gave everybody the grace to do what they felt best about mm-hmm. our directional strategy. And then we had a personal strategy and we allowed people to do what they needed to do for themselves and their family because people at home had somebody at risk, et cetera. Right. It was dynamic. Right. Everybody knows that. But we did decide that because we're playing the long game, which is for tens of 20s to 30s of years, 50s of years. We're going to do this and we're going to move forward. And we're going to, we know that the culture and the collaborative aspect of of the people that work with us as great stewards, everybody will love and appreciate this building and the company because of the backyard craze with both swimming pools and hot tubs, it pulled forward five years of growth into two. And we got there a lot faster than we anticipated. So this was on the radar. Yeah. It just got moved up.
0: Yeah. And I think that's good too, because I think something that we're talking about in the industry a little bit right now is that there was just such this boom. And I think you've seen some companies who didn't have necessarily a plan for some of the growth that they saw. And so there's a little bit of nervousness that people made decisions that when things get back to a more normal pace, they may regret, may have overstretched themselves a bit for um for the long term. So it sounds like you guys, like you said, already had a plan for this and already had this in your mind as far as where you wanted to get to so that you can sustain <laughs> where you're at and the new building.
1: Because we're not playing the the quarter by quarter, year by year game. It yeah. It- really wasn't even an issue for us. We knew that we were, we made the right decision. Certainly we saw as everybody else did, we, it's always clear in the rearview mirror, everybody could say, yep, I saw things slow down in April and it's continued to, and then now it's starting to build again. That hasn't changed our business and our partnerships. These partnerships, I call them that, with every employee, we have the same partnerships. It's all due to core values with our customers and our vendors. We're really tight with our with our vendors. Yeah. We treat them the same way as we do a customer. And some people kind of What do you mean by that? It goes back to our core values with integrity. So it's when it comes to negotiating, we're just looking for a fair negotiation. We're not looking we're not going to lie to them, we're not going to cheat we're going to over communicate. We are a great partner and some of our vendors are over 35, maybe almost going on 40 years. Yeah. So that we've grown them a lot and they've supported us a lot. Yeah. But those customers have done the same thing. I've got customers that I never stop knocking on the door and our team never stops knocking on the mm-hmm. door. We're getting customers to this day. We've been knocking for 10 20 10, 15, 20 years. And the value of Frog, the brand is strong and the innovations are there. We care about their consumer. We bring their customer back to them. And that's what it's all about. It's a dual relationship. We have two customers and uh, we have long-term relationships and we love those and might be starting in year one right now, this year. But in 10, 20 years, They'll be doing business with the same core values because that's what, that's who we are. Yeah, That's not going to change.
0: So our audience is obviously hot tub retailers and the Mm -hmm. spa business specifically for the podcast. I'm not sure that they saw or understand maybe the volatility that was on the chemical side of the business, especially on the pool side of the business. I, I. No, they felt it and they saw those costs go up and all of that. But I don't think they really understand how insane that was and that people could not get chlorine in some cases. And so, did you find that you guys were able to step in and really provide a good alternative because the supply wasn't there? The plant burned down.
1: (laughs) Right. It was devastating for the industry. We're still all adjusting and reeling from it not mm-hmm. been it's not been a healthy thing for the end consumer and we're very empathetic to that consumer and, and we don't want to overcharge them or gouge them it's we're playing that long game so if we if it becomes so expensive to take care of a swimming pool that somebody says you know what I could afford to do the pool I really want it for my family but it's too expensive that's not good so yeah. we're hoping that things will moderate and go back to some pre-19 2019 price structures and we would appreciate you know that as well but time will tell um, it was super dynamic in the sense that no one really knew how much was being imported at what time in what segment whether it was at retail if it was at service at commercial uh, it uh, <laughs> It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And I've been in this for 45 years now, and I've never seen anything like it. No. And I'm sure no one else had either. But we did have a great alternative and we were able to get more supply. And that goes back to those long-term relationships. We want that to not only be then, but also in the future. And I think our partners understood that. And that's why they supported us in the way they did. What's
0: it like to pick up a company and move it from as a company of your size and move it from one building to another? I don't feel like that's a small feat in and of itself.
1: Well, I'm pretty much having to pinch myself every day <laughs> I walk in. I don't know when it's going to feel. It's, I think we've all moved into a new home and it takes a while, maybe a few months to feel like you're really home. We did a beautiful job of, this was an A building when we bought it. And we only made it better. We hired an interior designer and we wanted to move it from what I would just call a nice office building into a welcoming, in, encouraging, invigorating environment. And that's what we've done. And it's still a work in process, still fine tuning it. But that's been really cool. So I, in a sense, I feel I'm in my new office, which has, I have no... No furniture or anything. I just have the pictures of my family and the history. And when I say my family, I'm talking about the king family. Yeah. Because that's how we refer to everybody. It's an extended king family. I have pictures of big events and things that have happened over the time. That's the only thing that's still the same. So I wanted to f- start fresh and new and uh, everybody else. So that's what we did.
0: Yeah. But did you have a, did, other than getting everybody a window, did you have a wish list on what you wanted in a new, in a new
1: space? Oh, wow. What a great question. You know what? I absolutely, I've got goosebumps to tell you this because what I saw in this building with the team, when we went looking, we had at least a dozen buildings we looked at, got it down to about three and not one of them had what this building had. Interesting enough, it was one of our vendors, our healthcare provider, owned this building before us. So oh, really? we bought it. For, we bought it from them. They had been acquired and they moved out. The building was only used for about a year, and it had been completely gutted, brand new A plus A building. And so we looked around at it and we said, "Wow, look at this!" One of the things I'm so excited about, and it's something we've already used. And that is we have what I call a world-class training and conference center. So we sat family style and served family style food for 185 people, our family and all of our employees, husbands and wives and children, moms and dads, everybody was invited. And that's when we dedicated the business. Our pastor came from Florida where we have our second home and we did that all together, it was amazing. It was awesome. So that room can allow us all together because we're family and we fed everybody. It was Italian. It was spaghetti and it was bread (laughs) and salad and all the different things and great desserts. And then, so that, that room is going to be able to do multiple things. All the, the speakers, The microphones are throughout the entire area. It's and it's set up for world class training. What does that mean? That means that wherever you sit in there, you get the same as if you and I were talking like right now. And there's ability to interact. We have the projectors. We have screens to where you can have. If you're a presenter, you can have your notes. And it's really well done. A plus. As is. Every other conference room is A plus AV, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Just to start. And then we have a cafeteria that's bright and large. We're doing life together. Let's go back to the way life should be. We're doing life together, work together. We break bread together. When you break bread together, you're talking about some hardships, right? Because everyone goes through it. We want to be there. And this is actually a room that provides just that an opportunity to interact. And it's also to encourage each other. I don't know if this happened, but that story I told you earlier today about mm-hmm. uh, Helena and her car and Brian stepping up, it might have happened in the cafeteria. I don't know. I would hope in the future those kinds of things happen there. Mm-hmm cafeteria is a huge place to do life together It brings balance together we don't want to just work hard and no break like we don't want people to eat it at their desk we want them to come together take that mental break that's how you're going to be your very best multiple other rooms that we have is we have what's called we have two of them it's called living waters and living waters is a a place that you can go and you can there's a bible in there is a place that you can lie down. And uh, if let's say you're not feeling well, mm-hmm. um, you, can, you can basically pray and restore your soul. We have two of those, one on each on the first and second floor. And then okay. in the exercise, we have a full fitness area with showers and changing area. So you can do yoga and Pilates. You can do your exercise of your cardio, free weights, et cetera, all brand spanking new. And then the, the innovation center, which is where we innovate for our technology, for our in- engineering team. We also have available hot tubs. You can go and take a hot tub during the day, <laughs> enjoy and relax. We have additional showers and changing rooms in a closer area to that. Yeah. We have a room where people can where we'll have somebody come in and do massages so you can schedule a massage.
0: So you're really building a campus to rival the uh, Facebooks and Googles of the world right there in in Minnesota.
1: Actually, I've never thought of it that way because I haven't visited those, but I would like to just say that what we're looking for is to help each of us be our personal best and professional best, provide all the amenities for the mind, body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. and that will bring the greatest health in life.
0: Yeah, that's great because it's, yeah, taking care of your employees' well-being outside of just their job and their little their own personal little workspace is, yeah, is really important. And I think that's what a great gift to be able to give your staff and your employees and your coworkers to be able to have those those perks, but those places where they can unwind and recenter
1: that means the most to us. So Mary and I, that's, we literally, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, we love every employee, future employee. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in the sense from our heart, we want the very best for them. We also want the very best for our dealers. And we want to partner with them. So when we talk about this in Rich Lives Daily, that really goes back to in this product development thing. Just one thing I want to just share from my heart, and that is since I was a young boy and I did take care of our home swimming pool for probably 20 some years, I understand what it is to be a, a pool service guy. I also understand what it's like to be a consumer. We have a hot tub. Just to take care of our hot tub with bromine. Dichlor, I know the downsides to, to the chemistries of Dichlor and how it can be a negative thing. And even the CDC says it, we shouldn't even use it anymore. So why? There's, it, there's some bad components about it. When we invented Smart Chlor, what's really awesome about this internal drive that I have is that some really great things have happened but I put myself in the shoes of a consumer first and a dealer second. What do I mean by that? How can we as an industry sell a 10, 15, $20,000 hot tub? And then how can we turn to them and say, oh, and then by the way, take this bottle and get a teaspoon and put in three teaspoons of Dichlor every time that you use the tub, And oh, by the way, you probably should have it before you get in, but we don't want to tell them that because then there's going to be the chlorine odors while they're sitting in there. And then you have to do this daily or every other day. It'd be like selling a car for 20 grand and telling somebody you have to go to the gas station every day. Excuse me. (laughs) So that has really been at the core of our innovation and development. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that is right. There's no integrity in that. So that really was the impetus and how we developed first moving from the king feeder to what became the Santa King adjust to flow, to then the frog mineral system with the bromine and minerals, and then ultimately smart chlor. Yeah. That's yeah. why we're there. And it's the right thing. Yeah. It's back to doing what's right. And I think the Lord has blessed us with the innovations to do that.
0: That's such a great point because as an industry, I think that we all are trying to convey to our customers the good that a hot tip can bring to their life. And we want to talk about the whole experience and talk about how it's good for your health and your relationships and all of these things. But then, yeah, it's like we, and then we try to hide the fact that it might be a pain to take care of, <laughs> which right. is, and yeah, and- which is, it's, uh, which is a little bit of a, not a sham, yeah, you don't want to pull the wool over your customer's eyes as far as what the whole experience of owning a hot tub or a swimming pool could look like. And I, it's been exciting, I think, in the last few years to really see some of these things come to fruition, where I think we are getting to the point where we can say, no, your whole ownership experience can be positive. <laughs> it's not going to be this big headache for you. We're not going to make your electric bills go just sky high and make them unaffordable. We're really looking right. for ways to make this a great experience and a wholesome experience from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and it just gives it gives the salesperson and the owner of, of the hot tub company and the marketers, et cetera, it gives them confidence that we've got something that's really, it's honest. It's something that you can stand in with integrity and say, yeah, it's really not gonna be hard because I've done this for 45 years. I've watched it happen. And what happens in front of when you're selling the hot tub, at some point, either the husband or the wife asks, How do you take care of this? Yeah. And that there's where the integrity comes. Now we don't have to hide from it, can now talk to it with confidence and joy, so to speak. It's not hard, it's easy, and you don't have to fight over it as to who's gonna have to take care of it because it's gonna be easy. We've turned it into something you do every 30 days. You don't touch it. You don't smell it. You, it lasts for 30 days and it's effective and it's better, less chemical. It's better on your skin, the whole package. So in my opinion, I feel like this technology and what we've been working towards for all these years is really building our industry because there is there has been a lot of, we've all heard it the terrible stories. I don't want a pool because of all the work. Every segment, I'm so proud of our industry, whether you're selling a pump, a filter, a heater, automatic cleaners, in our case, the sanitation group, et cetera, there's really nothing that's hard anymore. Mm -hmm. Not like it ever was. Not when I was back when I was 16.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. The whole industry just seems to be on this kind of precipice of change.
1: yeah,
0: And just in a really good spot. And it's exciting to see from, like you said, an innovation standpoint, from a community standpoint, it just seems like everybody is ready to push the industry forward into some of these areas and make that experience great from start to finish. And it's just been really cool to see some of the stuff that's come out of that. And I just can't wait to see I, I, the pandemic for as challenging as, and as hard as it was it is one of those things that I think in five years, we're going to be look back and say, but look at what came from that and the innovation right. that came from that and the way we changed our businesses to make them more efficient because of that. Those hard times can have such a refining quality to them. And so it's, I'm excited to see what that looks like. And I feel like it's already starting.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I do too. And we've, we've had the opportunity to scale through this and we didn't get through it without some of our own bumps and bruises but mm-hmm. for the most part i think our dealers would tell you that we did a better job maybe better than many to keep them stocked we all know you can't sell out of an empty wagon so we did our very best to do that and i think i think for the most part our team earned a lot of respect by the the customer base and yeah. that's who we are that's back to We want to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We expected the same from our suppliers and we passed it forward and we didn't want to let them down. And uh, we're able to now continue that. One other thing that is an underlying thing, and that is this was a crisis. The world went through a crisis, right? A crisis is not the time to hire your management team. And come up with a plan. Mm. I am so proud of our team; they are amazing. And there's times in when it first started out. Honestly, I thought we were going into 2009, 2010. I, I thought we were we going to Yeah, you know, we Yeah. We put together a great plan in 30 days, and we knew exactly what we were going to do. And then it was game on, and it was full full on and it never stopped until this summer. It slowed down, but it hasn't stopped. It's just increasing at a decreasing rate. Mm -hmm. The team did an amazing job. And, And again, it's a shout out to our team, to our dealers. Thank you, dealers. And I just want you to know, we appreciate everything you did for us during this time, but also I just want you to know that our leadership team from the sea level, from the president to the sea level, to the directors and everybody else stepped up hard, hard work. And uh, that was part of this dinner that we had, or it was a mm-hmm. luncheon a week ago, Sunday. That was our thank you for all the last, the last two years. When we said, when we catch a breath, we're going to have a big party. And yeah. that's what we did. New building, big party, dedication. And we're all in it and we're, it's hard, but it's good. Yeah. Companies talk about celebrating.
0: I was just thinking that.
1: <laughs> wow. It's really hard to celebrate when you can't even catch a breath,
0: Yeah. but when
1: you do, and that's what we did and we'll continue to do that.
0: Yeah. That's great. No, I, it's funny. Cause as you were talking about that, that's the exact thing that I was thinking is it's so hard to put down a marker and celebrate those successes and those wins because there's just always so much on your plate and we've been so busy the last couple of years. And so it, yeah, it's great that you're able to give them that, that moment to, to kick back and enjoy what has been accomplished. And yeah, like you said, all of the hard work, cause it has been incredibly, incredibly hard and busy mm-hmm. and stressful and all of those things. And so, yeah, it's funny that you talk about celebrating because that was exactly what was going through my head as well.
1: And I think we as, as an industry need to celebrate too. Yes. Our builders, our dealers, our mass marketers have done a phenomenal job mm-hmm. and I want to applaud them literally. We as manufacturers would not have the opportunities that we have without them. We thank them and we want to be there as they continue to grow. I've spent a lot of time talking about our people. It's but there are people cannot do, we can't even come together if we don't have great dealers like we have. Yeah. Great service companies, great everything. And so it's it all starts there. We have two customers, but it starts with builders and dealers and retailers. After that comes the consumer. So we thank them and we are so excited for the future. I can't even imagine what the next 10, 20, 30 years looks like, but it's going to be great. And it's going to, I just thank them so much.
0: Do you think you're ready for the Lowry Taylor 5?
1: Yeah, let's yeah? go.
0: Okay. All right. So these are supposed to be rapid fire. It never ends up being rapid fire because we just talk about them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But do you remember what your first, your first sale was? Customer yes. or product or what yep. that was?
1: Yep. I drove from Minneapolis to Denver, Colorado. I oh. met with Linda Gentry at chemical sales and her husband's name was Rod. I sold them a hundred King feeders off from this prototype I have in my hand. <laughs> and we did not have a, it wasn't a finished product. I didn't have a brochure. Exactly. I had my business card and a picture. Okay. Okay. Next question.
0: And that's what they, and they went for it.
1: Yes, that's they, they great. absolutely saw the need in a heartbeat. And uh, yeah, so All I right. continued.
0: What was your first real job? We might've already covered worked, this.
1: No, I worked, you know, they say you have to have a, at least one failure in, in a person's life to be successful. So I worked at a place in Hopkins called the Hopkins pop shop. And uh, I was a little too young, probably they filled their own bottles of pop. And I was moving a pallet of glass bottles and it didn't go well. And by the, this is my first day. And I think I lasted about three hours and I tipped the whole thing over and there was soda pop broken all over the concrete floor. And I was asked to leave. And I looked back, am I going to get paid for the first three hours? And I think the woman said, Get out!
0: <laughs> oh, no, how traumatizing! Your first real job, first day on the job, and you don't oh, even I know. Last and that's the when day. I realized
1: I am not good in operations and production, any of that kind of stuff. So they've never let me in the back.
0: That's a good lesson to learn, though. It's a good right. thing you know where to keep it keep your fingers out of
1: <laughs> Totally.
0: It's oh, a good leadership quality. Well, I was yep. going to ask what your biggest flop was, but it's got to be besides oh, breaking no, wait the, a minute! I the, had the a big bottles.
1: flop. <laughs> yeah, I can beat that.
0: Oh, good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my it was when my dad and I were still together, but it was when he decided he wanted to pull the parachute and he wanted out of the mm-hmm. business we'd been together for 10 years and we launched a chemical feeder. It was called the Santa King. Performax. and we did something 100% wrong. I'm not an engineer. Remember, I told you that in the beginning. Right. Well, my dad, because of some pressure within the company, just a handful of people, the sales manager said, Lloyd, it's got to be different. What do you mean different? I don't know. Make it square.
0: Oh, Make okay. it square. Okay.
1: Square doesn't work when it goes under pressure. And As, and we sold $500,000 worth of these things. Oh no. When they started breaking in the field and we had to have a recall, my dad said, oh, by the way, I'm out. You can buy me. Can we do this? This is on his birthday. It's Mm. December 8th. and And I said, when do you want out? We'd work together for 10 years. He said, by the end of the year. I said, what year? He said, at the end of the month. He had it. Oh, no. It took us six months to do it. But the point would be is that lesson I learned was so powerful. We took that back. And I, went, I had to go out and I talked to our largest customers. At that time, was actually BioLabs. And we sold them, I don't know, $250,000 worth of these things. Yeah. And I had to say, I had to tell the buyer, Rod Sterling, who we all know and love and who just yes. recently passed away. yes. And uh, Larry and Joel Grayson, I had to face them all and say, you know what, guys, if if you ask me for a check back, I will be out of business. I have no money. I cannot do that. But what I can do is I can replace them with product. And this is when I learned this. I keep talking about integrity. I gave them my word. I shook their hand and I fulfilled the obligation. I yeah. built character in myself that day and I've never looked back.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> Those are the kinds of conversations that you don't want to have to have with your customers for sure. You know,
1: and I had a lot more customers, but they were our largest at that time. So it was yeah. a tough one.
0: Yeah. So how about on the flip side, the biggest, the best decision or product or game changer that you've ever made for the business?
1: I think this smart chlor for hot tubs getting away from Dichlor having to be done by hand, Hmm. Smart Chlor is really, it's awesome. And I, honestly, that was a God thing. We were working with some different ideas and we never put the two together. And when we put the two together, one plus one equaled three. And our, at that time, our PhD, John came down and he said to Randy and myself, he said, I've been, this is his last his last project before he retires. And he looks at us and says, I've been in the business for almost 45 years. I have never seen something work so good as this. It's been terrific technology. Yeah. That was, it was the Lord's work.
0: Yeah. So I think I know the answer to this partly. I asked people if they what their favorite book or TV show podcast movie kind of what they use to entertain themselves and give them themselves a break. I'm going to guess from what you've already said that you're probably a reader.
1: I I don't, I'm a very slow reader. Okay. When I read, (laughs) I have to be very selective on the books that I read. Sure. (laughs) Uh, I know this will surprise you. So the book I read the most is the Bible.
0: I knew you were going to say that. You have to pick a different favorite book, though.
1: (laughs) Okay. But I I will tell you that it teaches everything about how to run a business. You know, if you go through Proverbs and Psalms and all this, what Paul did and all the New Testament. Anyway, but so if I had to choose another book, what really got me started in the business would be Good to Great. Good to Great is just that got to get the right team on the bus then make sure that you've got them on the right seat and then everything happens after that so i call these people that came to work with me in the earlier days they're the pillars of the company you can't build a second third or fourth floor if you don't get the foundation right and it goes back to i hired on values it wasn't experience it was value didn't mean they didn't have experience it just is not that wasn't what I counted on counted on their values because when things get tough we got to be able to stick together
0: yeah okay so I I have a follow-up question to that because I'm curious as you say that I'm curious how do you figure that out that these people share your values in an interview process I think it's I think it's so hard
1: you know what I used to find it very hard yeah I don't find it hard at all anymore. Okay. There was an aha moment. And the aha moment was, I was in an interview and I was telling people what my values were. And then I would ask them what their values were. Number one, you can't lead because then you're really just giving them- Giving them the
0: answer. You're giving them the correct answer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So probably one example would be, What I changed and did was I said, tell me how you, oh gosh, tell me how you discipline your children. Oh, that was actually became my first question I asked. Now, why would I do that? Because when it comes to discipline your children, it's usually when something's not going well, right? Mm -hmm. Be the heat of the moment or this Mm -hmm. or that or whatever. And in particular, if it's really something about their character that needs to change or whatever, you really need to pause. The pause would be, the right answer is something having to do with their faith. Mm. Back to, I've told you about our core values. It started with three things, faith, family, work. We want people to have faith. I didn't say you have to have my faith. I just want you Mm. to have faith, okay? Second, you want it to be about your family. And then third, work. And we, what we mean by that is start your day in faith, pray, get your wisdom, get your guidance. How are you going to take care of this son or daughter, whatever, in this hard situation? And one person's response was when I said, how do you discipline your kids? They said, my wife and I get on our knees. Pretty telling. <laughs> Now, this is at a senior leadership level, and I'm turning over direct reports to this person. I love my people so much that I interviewed 15 top executives in, the, in Minneapolis, some f- you know, from Toro, from you name, go, mm-hmm. General Mills, you go down the list. Yeah, We've got Fortune 500s here. I didn't find one. That I went to the second interview with. Really? Until I met Randy Roseff, our president, for 15 years. Yeah. Now, why was that so important to me? Those people that I referred to as our pillars that have been direct reports. I had eight direct reports. And I thought, the greatest gift I can give them is consistency so that they know that they don't have to go look for a job when I transfer the stewardship to the next guy. Yeah, And he did that. We didn't lose one person, not one.
0: Yeah, that's pretty, where you see those changeovers, that's fairly unusual. Usually there's at least one person who feels left behind or or disgruntled or uncomfortable with the change.
1: Yeah, he earned that and it's because he had Our core values are in total alignment, not the same people. I knew that wasn't going to be, he's far better. He's a operations excellence came from Siemens and Emerson, and he is awesome. And Mm. he does a fabulous job. And those people could rely on those same core values.
0: I'll add that to my
1: interview questions Mm. (laughs) going forward. (laughs) I was just going to say, it's been so fun to do this.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great to get the chance to sit and chat with you face-to-face. Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast and give us a little insight into what you guys have been up to the last couple of years and going forward. And I really appreciate your time.
1: You're so welcome. I uh, The one thing I really appreciate you and what you're doing with the magazine and these podcasts Because I think I've listened to several of of your podcasts in preparation for this, and you're doing a fabulous job of giving back. You're serving. You're a great servant leader in our industry. We should all applaud you for what you're doing because you're helping all of us become better, stronger, encouraged. You have such a sphere of influence, and you don't take it lightly there's no question about your values and who you are i've learned that just by listening to the questions the thoughtfulness and the the value that you're trying to provide others cuz you know what we as an industry can only rise up if we have great leaders underneath us it isn't leaders keep rising we keep teaching others how to be great leaders and that's what you're doing this platform is amazing and it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of it. And I love this industry. I've never done anything but this. And I would do anything to help our retailers, builders, service people, anybody. And call me anytime. Email me. I'd love to help. If you're thinking about selling your businesses, don't. Learn, the, learn from these podcasts how to use the growth strategy of succession planning, and that's something I really feel proud of. We've done a great job—not me, but our team—and I'd love to help others do that too.
0: Oh, you know what? I feel like that was a question that we scooted past because oh. I think you guys won a won an award about six, for your succession plan a while ago. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's called Twin City Family Business Magazine. Okay. And okay. We were nominated for that. <clears throat> and I, I said to the gentleman that nominated us, I said, would you please not do that? I'd like flying under the radar.
0: <laughs> Too late now.
1: <laughs> and he said, he was paused and big pause. And he said to me, Joe, this is not about you. I said, what? I didn't get it. His name is Tom. And he said, Joe, this is about you giving back to the industry, to the city, to the other family businesses here in town. And so we were nominated and we got the award and our whole team got to go. And it was a really awesome evening of celebration for who we are and what we've done and what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's nice to hear you say that about succession planning, and that's something that we're actually planning on talking about quite a bit in the magazine in 2023. Oh, wonderful! Because <laughs> I think it's something that's on the minds of a lot of people in our business right now: is what's what comes next, and what does that look like? And and yeah, so I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be a couple people who might take you up on that offer.
1: At the end of the day, if we all sold our businesses, where would the industry be? We should really be preparing the next generation, and I really encourage folks that are considering it, the amount of, it's probably not gonna change their lifestyle if they sold their business, really. There's ways to exit and still have uh, Mm -hmm. a retirement plan, but think of the, it's uh, so rewarding, so rewarding to be building character in people that will then be better spouses, better fathers or mothers, Grandparents, and they do that by the things that they are investing into their people, and then what they receive. Like I think people say, "Well, you keep pouring into this group of people in this company." I said, "You have no idea. I'm receiving that." I told you that story this morning. Yeah, I am in. I'm on. I'm on cloud nine, knowing what's going on just by the kindness in the people's hearts here. Yeah,
0: and I think we hear people talk about too we talk about the labor market being tough and you hire someone and you train them and then they're gone in a couple of months and i understand i boy do i understand the time and effort and energy and expense that goes into finding and training new people but when you're looking at it from the pouring into people and not necessarily what your business gets out of it but what they get out of it as a person mm-hmm. i can't I can't lose even if it does feel like a lot of a time and effort to get someone trained up
1: <laughs> right Yeah. You can't lose. And it's, as I say, it's back to, it's a rich life. That's what I mean by rich Yeah, give and you receive.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take us on another tangent. I know we were finishing up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But no, thank you. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the kind words about the magazine. I appreciate that. And I, I don't think I anticipate to see Alex at a trade show coming up here pretty soon, but probably, I don't think I see you at the trade shows very often, Joe.
1: <laughs> I'm coming. Oh, you are? I am going to be there. I'm looking forward to being in Vegas. So That's yeah, great. it's hard to find a lot of people that I know, but I'll definitely be coming to see you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Make that happen. Are you going to be the frog this year? You guys usually have a frog. Do you, have you, you know, ever donned the, that the hat? that
1: before and uh, allowed someone else to do that this year.
0: Okay. It'd be a good way to be incognito in your booth. Is with is well, too. I could be
1: listening to the customer <laughs> and see what we can come up with for another yeah. product.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a great day.
1: Thank you so much, Megan. Wishing you and your family all the best. See, I'll look forward to seeing you next week.
0: The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa Thanks for listening.